everyone, you're listening to the Damn Fine TV Podcast. I'm your host, Jasmine. And I'm Melz, and welcome to the Weekly Watch. How you doing, Melz? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I'm good. I am, uh, I'm excited for today's conversation because we're going to swap the order in which we do things. We're going to talk about Westworld first, and then we're going to dedicate like the majority of the show to Twin Peaks. So I feel like, yes. I don't know, I- I'm a little torn on Westworld this week, so I kind of just felt like getting the bad news out of the way and then focusing on the good <laughs> stuff, you know? Um, I know. Yeah. I don't know. How, what were your overall thoughts of episode seven? I kind of felt the same way, like, it could have been done better, in my opinion. Um, I didn't mind the reveals that we got, but I felt like the reveals were done in a way that was more confusing than it really needed to be. Mm. Um, plus, some of the reveals that we got, I don't feel like they were that shocking. I don't know. It was a weird... It was a weird episode for me, and I watched it a few times, and uh, there were a lot of things that I didn't really get that excited about that I felt like I should have, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I, I'm, okay, so like I said, I'm feeling very torn because first time around while I'm watching it, I actually feel this, like, emotional investment for Caleb, and even though we knew that all was not as it seemed with the whole Francis thing, and I think that we had started speculating that maybe he was responsible for his friend's death and all that kind of stuff. So you're right. It wasn't super mm-hmm. shocking. But the way that it unraveled, I was like, oh, this is actually kind of sad because it's making me think like, okay, is Caleb a good guy? Is he a good guy that's done bad things? Is this the system's fault? Like, is he just somebody that's caught up in all of this? He's obviously been, his brain has been edited and reconditioned so many times. So I really, I feel for the guy, right? First time around watching, like I said. Then second time around, I'm like, right, but how can I even trust that what we're seeing now is the truth? Because this guy has been, like I just said, reconditioned and edited so many times that just because the show right now is saying that this is the true story, I mean, it might not be. How am I supposed to trust anything that this show ever tells me? You know, like Mm -hmm. between all of the simulation stuff, all of the twists and turns that they like to pull. And now you Mm -hmm. add in the fact that humans are being, I mean, we kind of were seeing this. We were kind of on the trail of this idea that humans were being edited, but the fact that they're being edited multiple times to the point where they are essentially, I mean, it's like when um, Peter Abernathy, Dolores's dad was like turned into a completely new character or like when any of the hosts become new characters, like Maeve used to be a mother and then she was a madam. So it's like, if you can do that with humans too, I just don't know how to feel an investment in anyone ever. And Mm -hmm. it's funny because one of the lines that they always say in the show is if you can't tell, does it matter? And I feel like that's the way I feel about the show now. If I can't tell, does it really matter? Does the show really matter? <laughs> you know, like, oh, I don't know. You bring, up, you bring up some excellent points. And I have to say that I agree with you on, on all of those fronts. And, and you're right. And we've talked about this several times this season, I feel like, where the deaths and and then the re-edits or the editing, however you want to call that. Mm-hmm. But 
Um, like you just mentioned with Maeve, how she was a mom on a prairie and, and then she got reprogrammed to be the madam. It's it's like when you start translating that into the human world, I understand what they're doing. Like they want to show that the lives don't have to be that different from a host and, and right. a human. But at the same time, where should we, where should we place our empathy and yes. where should we place our, our feelings about this? Because when you start getting into that, you're like, well, shit, this is, this is no different. And that's been done. And it's been done so much where nothing surprises me or I don't, get that emotional bond to things. Just like you just said. I mean, all of that's 100% accurate. Right. And I think like, maybe it was a couple of episodes ago, I did say, okay, I have to remove my need to have that emotional investment. And I need to start seeing Westworld as just like a bigger picture kind of thing. But I, Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's the way I can watch television. Like, I just don't know. I can appreciate Westworld for, because I do think that it, it asks some really big and weighty questions and it's constantly making me think like, okay, is Dolores a villain? Is Caleb a villain? Is William a villain? Like who, who is being forced to do certain things? Who, like, what is the intention? What does that mean in the real world? Like it's, it's, there's a lot of gray area there, which I think is like really interesting to explore. But at the end of the day, if I don't, if I can't root for anyone or if I don't care how the outcome affects anyone, I don't know that, I just don't know that I care that much, honestly. Mm-hmm. Now that said, I'm highly entertained by the way the show looks and the fight scenes and the filming oh. of it. And I mean, everything is beautiful. And uh, I actually saw a lot of hate for Aaron Paul after this episode. And I yeah. will say I think he was given some really shitty dialogue, especially all the mm-hmm. stuff where it was like, oh, I've been here before. <gasps> I killed Francis. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, dummy, like we just saw that. You do not need <laughs> right. to be saying it, you know? Like it's almost like this show has, they they heard all of the criticism from season two about it being, you know, too confusing for its own good and all that kind of stuff. And now they're trying to spoon feed us in certain areas and they haven't just like, found a nice balance between the two, you know, but, um, yeah. So I, like, I think it asks really interesting questions and, oh, to go back to the Aaron Paul thing, I just think he was doing the best with the dialogue that he was given. Like, I just think that was really bad dialogue and it's different when somebody like Maeve or Dolores kind of, when you see them sort of fall back into like their scripts from the park, because that's all that they would know. I mean, most of what they've ever said has been written for them, like literally written for them, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I don't know. I I know. Well, I know. I don't know either. (laughs) Let's put it that way. Yeah. And you're right. I saw a lot of the. I'm sure we saw the same criticisms. And it sucks because I love him so much as an actor. I mean, I know this isn't Breaking Bad and I know that there's never going to be another Jesse, right? Right. But he has the opportunity to make this character 
really, really stand out, but I don't think he's been given the proper tools to do that. And that's what really sucks about it. It's in, and like you said, it, it, a lot of it was in this particular episode. It was supposed to be his episode, supposed to be his, you know, big, big revelation. Right. And that's why I said it it fell short because of the way it was written. And I feel the same way also about William. Mm. I feel like he's, been such a power player in the past seasons. And now I think he's getting a bad edit on the writing as well. And so it sucks because I love Caleb. I, I'm digging the character. You got to give him more to work with. And I've even as shitty as he is, I've always loved William, you know, Mm -hmm. but you got to give him more because he's, Especially him, he's more vested into the story than Caleb is, you know? And for sure. I know. I, and I mean, even like the bigger picture stuff with William is still interesting. You know, the fact that after last episode, he was seeing himself as the good guy. I was not ready to see him as the good guy, but I was ready to believe that he believed he was the good guy and that maybe yes. he might try and turn himself around. I like what happens in this episode in terms of him. him in terms of him being like, I got to kill all the hosts because that feels in line with William. But again, it was, it's like you're saying it's, I don't know. There's just something missing. Like it falls a little flat. Yes, it's flat. That's exactly what it is, is, is there's a great story there to be told. It's just not, in my opinion, being written very well for them to tell it, you know? And no. I mean, and the same thing's happening with Maeve, too, I feel. Like, I know we talked about this last week. Maeve is definitely in a bad position. She, I mean, she doesn't really have a choice but to work with Ciroc, I think, because he's got, I mean, he has a button kind of like Bernard, right, where he can basically just turn her off. So I get it. But the the whole fighting with Dolores thing still doesn't make too much sense to me. I think I understood it better last season, but I don't really understand how it fits in with what's going on this season. I wish they would just have a conversation. And I get that Maeve is pissed about Hector, but what if Dolores was just like, hey, we can recreate him. It's like, you know, I mean, I know it's not the exact same thing, but like we can remake Hector. Like it's possible. And you can like upload his consciousness with all of your memories because you kind of did the same thing last episode in uh, exactly. the simulation bar thing, right? So, yep. man, I don't know. I just wish the two of those gals would sit down, have a conversation, and <laughs> I don't know. Maybe there's just, like, maybe the damage was done in season two and it can't be reversed. Maeve is never going to want to side with Dolores, but I think it's too bad, and I don't know. And then there yeah. again, that that raises some interesting questions, too, where Maeve is saying, you know, you're enslaving the copies of yourself. And I think, like, I don't know, can you enslave your own consciousness? I, yeah. I Like, you know, I guess because we've seen with, um, with Charlotte that she has sort of started going off on her own path. And she was talking about, like, I can feel myself separating from you and then we know that the the Connell's version of Dolores has said that he's on a different path so I I guess they're building their own sort of lives at this point but I, like I don't know I don't know if you can enslave yourself I don't know if that's the same as what 
Dolores did with like Teddy, let's say, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What I, what I thought of with that was Dolores made the copies of herself and she put them into different people that had a life already. Right. Um, maybe that because they were real, except for Musashi. He was not. He's from the park. But as far as Charlotte and Connell's go, they were real people that existed. So perhaps that enslaving thing is you're putting a copy of yourself into a body that was never uh, meant for you. And sure. we saw that kind of when Charlotte was like kind of tearing at her skin and, and yeah. things like that. But I agree with you. Can you really enslave yourself though? Like I don't, it's part of you. I, I don't, yeah. that part I don't understand. Right. And I feel like Maeve's getting the bad edit too. It's like we spent exactly. so much time with her in that simulation in War World when we could have been expanding her storyline so much more. Unless, so unless on the next episode we get like, a team up between Dolores and Maeve. And then the next season is like the two of them doing something together, because that was another thing I had a question about. They got renewed for another season, but I am literally wondering what that could even possibly be about, because I thought the whole plan was her coming out and either liberating and causing the extinction by the liberation of humans or what's going to happen, you know, as far as that goes. Yeah, like is I, Caleb going to turn and then they're going to have to have a whole season where I don't know. You know, I just I honestly don't know. No, I think that's a fair question. And I I mean, I'm honestly not certain if Dolores wants to destroy humanity, if she wants to save humanity, if to her those are the same things in a way like, you know, by destroying yeah. she saves. But like, yeah, I don't know. It would be nice to see them team up. There's just something about Maeve working for a human. And again, I get it. She's she she's kind of in a between a rock and a hard. She's between a Ciroc and a hard place. <laughs> Girl, two snaps. That was good. I like that. <laughs> oh my goodness. But but yeah, so I mean she doesn't have a lot of wiggle room there. So I get why she's kind of doing his bidding, let's say. Uh, but it would be nice to see her branch off and have her own plan. Like it's fine if she doesn't want to lead a a revolution, but the whole working for the human thing just never has aligned for me because that's just so not Maeve. Right. But um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see where alliances lie and where they shift in the final episode. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess we're going to have like, I don't even know what, um, who I want to now call, Shard, Chard Loris didn't quite work. <laughs> I like that. It's Shard Loris. Shard Loris. But, but cause you know, cause she's all charred up now cause of the, exactly. the fire. But, um, I mean, I don't even really know. I doubt she's <laughs> wanting to work with Maeve and Ciroc if that's the case, no. but she's definitely anti real Dolores. So mm-hmm. that's a whole other like ball up in the air to see where that lands will be interesting. Yeah, and can I just speak on one thing before we, I know, you know, wrap up some of the Westworld stuff, but 
We talk a lot about bad CGI sometimes, sure, all right? Sure. <laughs> the phone call with her in the shadows and yeah. all you, but you see a perfectly fine face. Yeah. But we all know what's in the shadows. To me I was like, all right, listen. But this, <laughs> this is another like bad Photoshop type face on a body moment oh, for me. It, it was brutal. <laughs> it was basically like they just put her in an unlit room and was like, yes. all right, roll camera. This will be but good just enough. lit her face up. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But then they like put like a weird filter in front of the light or in front of the camera so that it looked like part of her face still had like cracks <laughs> and lines on it, you know? Yeah. Yes, I mean, yes. I assume she has found one of those things that Dolores was using to heal her arms or whatever. Oh, yeah. Um, and actually, we even saw that they use it on humans, I guess, because oh, that's gosh, the way they were fixing Caleb's head. So. Could you imagine, though? Oh, I was like, oh. It did look like it okay. was painful, but it looked like maybe it was yeah. less painful than getting, like, all that shrapnel, I guess, into his head from the explosion. So, oof, man. Oof, yeah. Oof, oof. Uh, you know, I did like the Rico app thing. I really do like that that turned out to be a construction of Rehoboam. I think that makes perfect sense. So Yes, I you know, agree. But th- this show never struggles with, like, world building, I don't think. Like, they always have cool yeah. concepts and stuff like that. But it's just yeah. not as great with character, you know. No, yeah. The, 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 it's a, <laughs> I mean, not to be, I guess, for this to be a pun, but it's a continuous loop for the characters Oops. as well. <laughs> 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 That's how I feel anyway. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, and there's lots of questions. There's lots of, like, theories that we could probably talk about for the finale. And, you know, I, I'm just going to put this in here just in case I get the episode or episode out early enough. Mel's and I will be live on Instagram tonight, Saturday, May 2nd. So if you're hearing this before that, uh, come join us. We're going to talk about Westworld a little bit there. We're going to elaborate on some of the questions and theories that we have going into the finale. Uh, that'll be at 8 p.m. Eastern. And 5 p.m. Pacific. Yes. That sounded like a news report or something, but. I know. I loved it. <laughs> Very professional. Oh, so profesh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so hopefully I'll have this out early enough where if you're listening right away, you can come and join us for that. But uh, I think I think I'm good on Westworld for the week. I'm sure we'll have lots to talk yeah. about after the finale. I'm good to talk about yeah. Twin Peaks. How about you? Let's go. Yes. Let's rock. What do cannibals, secret codes, and scientists, sex wizards all have in common? They are all topics we've covered in episodes of Strangeful Things. We bring you a new story every week and do our best to turn you on to things you might not have heard before. We'll still hit the big topics sometimes too, but we'll always shoot to bring you a fresh perspective and our own special recipe of inappropriate jokes no matter what we cover. From true crime to cryptids to conspiracies, we'll tell you stories about stuff that's weird, gross, scary, and neat, sometimes all at once. That's why we had to invent the word strangeful. See, murder, Bigfoot, ghost net, inslaw things is a terrible show name. Oh, and the show is not for kids and definitely not safe for work, unless the place you work at is super chill and cool. To subscribe... Visit strangefulthings.com or search for Strangeful Things on your podcast platform of choice. That's Strangeful Things, making weird shit fun to hear. 
Hey, damn fine listeners, Jasmine here. Wanted to let you know that the pop culture episode I've been talking about has finally aired over on the Tarot Coven cast. My co-host and I talked about everything from Sailor Moon to Twin Peaks, Buffy the Vampire Slayer to American Horror Story, and the list goes on. We rounded out the episode with a deep dive into the 1996 film, The Craft, and there you go, there's your obligatory Skeet Ulrich mention for the episode. You can find the Tarot Coven cast wherever you listen to podcasts, and as we like to say over there, it's real people, real talk, real magic. Enjoy. Okay, well, we obviously finished, you know, season two. So these are, what, episodes 17 through 22? Is that right? Yeah. Oh, gosh. I was so depressed. <laughs> Aww, it's so funny. finished, yeah. It was, it's so funny because I know there's a season three and I have a movie to watch. But I was still depressed at the end of it because I was like, this is the original. You know what I mean? Like, this was the brand new for that time groundbreaking type of show and I, I don't know I just got super like depressed when it was over and I was like what am I gonna do yeah like, t- in the two weeks before I start season three I guess but. well I think it's fair though because I mean even though there is a film like well there's technically two films and then right. season three it is still gonna be different because even though there is a season three it didn't air until 2017 and that's a lot of right. time you know, in between the first two and the third season. So no matter what, it's still going to be different, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the 25 years, obviously, you know, that's genius right there, number one. But number two, there's going to be so many differences. And I cannot wait to see it, though. I just, I, I and I'm going to be honest. I mean, after consuming the two seasons that I have, I barely even remember what, those first couple of episodes of season three I watched even had in them. I mean, I remember the opening mm. and that's when I realized, okay, I'm missing something, but I continued to watch. But now that I know what it was I was missing, I it's I barely remember what I had watched out of order, if that makes sense. So totally. it's going to yeah. be exciting. I know I'm going to watch it and be like, okay, now I remember these specific things. But as of right now, I'm like, I'm kind of going into it with a fresh slate and I'm excited that's fun well I mean you've just consumed so many episodes of the original stuff and so much happens so I totally get that it like kind of took over from what you watched because you watched those first three episodes like when it first came out right or close to so that's yeah so it's like three years ago exactly and so much has happened in three years I mean I had a I had a taught like a small toddler at that time. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like a lot of things have happened for my memory to not be that great over the yes, past three for sure. years. <laughs> oh. Um, but if you're ready, what I did this week was I kind of went by episode and I just pulled out the main highlights from that episode and I thought we could just talk about, you know, whatever stands out to us in that. Yeah. Um, let's do it. Just seemed just seemed nice to do this type of send-off for the end of the season, so. Yeah, I love it. Um, episode 17, I have got um, Harry's messed up from Josie's death, and he's, like, lashing oh. out at everyone. I know, including Cooper. That was breaking my heart, yeah. all right? That was hard. And it was, he did such an amazing job with conveying the emotion. I felt it, you know? Oh, my like, God, I know. 
And, like, despite the whole, like, the way that episode opens, the glass turning, and it's, like, oh, yeah. it's, like, Vaseline on the filter, and it's all, like, sultry, and it's such a yeah. funny opening to me, but Harry, like, manages to cut through and keep the emotion there. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I mean, I think I've said this a few times, I'll say it again, I go through the ranges of all emotions watching this show. And that's how I know that this is a very well done show. I can laugh. I can be happy. I can be sad and cry and I can be angry and I can be scared. Like it's so good, you yeah. know, and yeah. I've got, obviously at the end, I'm going to tell you what I'm most angry about, which is probably won't come <laughs> as any surprise to anyone, but okay, yeah. Um, so Eckhart, he obviously is no longer with us, as we know from the last episode, but he has left a box for Andrew. So some type of like mystery or puzzle. Um, I put that Earl has many disguises because he's like basically showing up in all these crazy like get ups. <laughs> I know. Like, he's got like a trunk full of costumes. I know. And like, what, how does he even haul that around? It's so ridiculous. <laughs> I know. Um, Log Lady has the same sort of tattoo that, like, Major Briggs has. The, I put, although it looks like more like Twin Peaks Mountains to me. Um, yeah. Where, whereas Major Briggs's looks like radioactive symbol. <laughs> mm, yeah, no, I see that. Because uh, obviously when you put them together, they're going to make an owl, which, you know, that's not right. a spoiler. It's coming up. But yeah, separately, I was like, mountains and a radioactive symbol? What? <laughs> um, then I put that Jack and Audrey are kind of like heating up between each other. Um, Donna finds Ben Horn visiting her mom and they seem to be super friendly, which I did not like. Uh, even <laughs> if... He's turning over a new leaf. I was like, ew, I don't like it. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. The Miss Twin Peaks beauty pageant is announced, and so Shelly's going to enter, and Cooper's falling in love for um, Annie, which is Norma's sister. Uh, and then this was by one of my favorite parts. Mike and Nadine check into the Great Northern as Ugh. newlyweds, but they're not married. And they're just it's there so to, you adorable. know, like, have a night alone. Uh <laughs> I love when they, they make up the whole story about being out of town and then, like, some girls from high school are like, is that Mike? Oh, see yes. you in class. <laughs> and then he was like, anyway, oh, he was trying to be, like, an adult. It was so funny. Like, yeah. oh, though I'm a professor at the school or, like, something, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, just quit. Like, this guy can see right there. First of all, Nadine, technically, even though she thinks she's in high school, she's old enough to get a hotel room, Mike. Okay? So just, yeah. like. yeah. I don't, also, I don't like, know Twin about Peaks ages isn't here. that big of a place. <laughs> everybody pretty much knows everybody. So you're yeah, not getting so away with it. Just cut the charade. It's fine. The guy did not even seem like he cared anyway. He was like, all right, anyway, have a good time. <laughs> I know. Um, but that's all that I had for episode 17. Did you have anything to add or did anything jump out with you for that episode? Uh, well, I just want to say that this is the episode where Cooper refers to coffee as deep black Joe. And yeah. that's the most disgusting way to refer <laughs> to coffee. <laughs> and I love when, so he orders it without, like, this is the first time he sort of meets Annie and he orders it with his head head down, doesn't even realize what he's doing. And then the next time he comes back in, Annie goes, deep black Joe. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. And I don't know I why, like, but I always get a kick out of that. It's like, it's just so gross to me. I don't know why. But. <laughs> because it's like, when I think of that, and I, it's funny because it kind of comes in like in the last episode, but it's, it almost seems like sludge or like molasses oh, to me so or something. Funny. Yes, yes. <laughs> um. All right, well, moving on to episode 18. So for some reason that I didn't really follow that well, Eckerd's assistant is trying to kill Harry. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I was like, this is, okay, that's a weird flex, but okay. Um, Earl plants the bug in the sheriff's office, and then Earl and Briggs were on the same top secret project, which I was like, oh, that's interesting. Because mm-hmm. I thought Earl was just, you know, well, I thought he was just Cooper's partner. You know, I didn't know he was also on the top secret project there. Um, he also wants to kill Miss Twin Peaks as he's looking for his queen, right? Yeah. Uh, ben, ben and Donna's mom hooked up once upon a time. Now, I texted you while I was watching this, and I said, I'm fairly certain I'm getting the vibe that Ben is Audrey's dad. And Donna, Donna, he's definitely, oh, I'm so dad. sorry. He's definitely Audrey's dad. Pardon yeah, me. I meant yeah. Donna. Um, yeah. And did I say Ben and Audrey or Ben and Donna's mom hooked up? Oh, uh, I'm not sure, but I don't know, you know, whatever. But it's I meant like, Donna. You, you sound yeah. as coherent as that part of the show. So no worries. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> it's easy to get confused. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I had texted you and was like, I'm fairly certain that Ben is Donna's dad. And I don't know how to feel about that, which mm-hmm. obviously that that came full circle for me later on. But uh, Gordon, this. OK, this was one of the best scenes of this episode. Gordon can hear Shelley without his hearing aids. Oh, it's beautiful. And the funniest thing, though, was when the log lady shows up and she starts saying, well, what's wrong with miracles? And then he starts yelling at her. And he's like, lady, I can't hear you. (laughs) (laughs) David Lynch is hilarious. Oh, my goodness. So I really think that he just wanted to be able to have scenes with Shelly. And so that's why he wrote this. You know, like, I think he's just in love with, um, man, I always say mad dynamic, but I think it's Machen. But anyways... You know, Betty That's Cooper's That's better mom. than me. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Alice Cooper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I cannot, I, I cannot pronounce her name to save my life. So it's cool. Uh, yeah, Shelly or Alice. Because it's got like those two little dots over the A. The like umula or whatever. I can't ever remember what yeah. that's called. But yeah, I think it's Majin. Yeah. But apologies well, we'll if go it's with not. <laughs> we'll go with that. And I would get it too for him to have some scenes with her because she's absolutely gorgeous. Oh, 100%. So. Yes. <laughs> um, Cooper and Annie are falling in love, which eh, I don't know. I, I didn't get an emotional attachment to Annie. Yeah. I like Heather Graham, but mm-hmm. I didn't really, I just wasn't, I didn't feel vested even when all the bad stuff happened to her. I was like, well, that's kind of a bummer, but I'm not going to cry about it. Like I would, like, I might be upset if it was someone else. But that also, that also could be because she's introduced in the second half of the season. And she, we had the same characters pretty much from the beginning of the first season to the middle of the second season. Right. So that might have something to do with it too. I'm not really sure. sure. Yeah. And I mean, I think that. Had they not been canceled, I think Annie would have become something more in what would have been a season three back in the day. 
But she was introduced very late. I mean, we heard Norma having a conversation with her sister over the phone. We knew she was coming. And so that kind of like, I guess, I guess making her Norma's sister gives her sort of more of a history in a way. But I legitimately always forget that they're sisters because they have the different last name too. So they're obviously Mm -hmm. half sisters, I would say. Yeah. um, But yeah, I don't know. I, what I love about Coop and Annie is I love how much Coop loves this. I I love how happy it makes him and you can just see it. It's written all over his face. He's got like the goofiest smiles on that joke (laughs) that he tells her is so dumb, but so adorable. It's so cute. I love the way that Harry turns it around on him and is like, so how long you been in love with Annie? Like just the way that he did with Josie. It's so sweet. And it just like, yeah. So there's all these opportunities for, I don't know, for Cooper, like his advancement as a character and just, you know, once you're already invested in him, I feel like whatever makes him happy makes me happy in a way. But yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I would agree with that. I just still am like, mm, I just, yeah, that's don't know about Annie, but it's okay. I don't, you know, I don't have to. No, that's fair. Be yeah. sure about Annie. Yeah. I do like so that this- she's pretty quirky and that like, that kind of yeah. fits with Coop's personality. But you're right. It is kind of hard to get a read on her because she comes in so late. So. Yeah. And she's. Yeah. We don't get. That's that. That is the part that kind of sucks about it is that we don't really get to see the character develop that much because she's only in what? Like seven episodes, maybe. So. Uh, now, I love this, too, because the crew goes spelunking. And I was like, listen. <laughs> it's spelunking. <laughs> Spelunking, all right, and I <laughs> just was loving it. Now I watched a scary movie about spelunking once, and um, I will oh, never do it. Number one, what was it? Ascent or descent? Yeah, okay. Ooh. I feel like I've listened okay. to a podcast about it because I was too mm. freaked out to watch it. Because I don't think I would be going into Owl Cave. I don't know. I'm Hell not no. one for like small, dark spaces. I'm a little bit claustrophobic. Uh-uh. So, yeah. Yeah. Now, you ain't going to catch me in no cave. I can tell you that right now. Even if it's a big one that I can clearly see the opening to, you're still not going to catch me going in there. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, yeah, not going to happen. I would have been um, just waiting outside with some beverages or some sure. uh, refreshments. Yeah. You bring the coffee. <laughs> um. So, but they're going spelunking after they realize that. I think this is right. The major and the log ladies tattoos together make that owl, which is something that could be an owl cave, right? Yeah. Oh, because Coop is drawing the symbol and Annie was like, oh, I see you've been to Owl Cave or whatever. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Um, And and put Andy, bless his heart. I mean, you know, (laughs) he's like fooling around and he hits the... Hits the wall and it reveals like, what is that? Like a secret lever or something? I don't, I couldn't figure out what that was either. Yeah, it's again, just like ancient I don't, secrets and yeah. Yeah, I don't know caves. I'm just going to tell you that right now. <laughs> um, and, and of course, Earl is there because of the bugged bonsai. Yeah. And when he fiddles with it, it just like causes the big, like, commotion I put commotion but yeah like things start shaking and it's moving and all of that fun stuff Mm -hmm. so anything to add to to that 
No, I mean, I I love when all of this Owl Cave stuff starts to kick off. I don't know that they ever got to explore it in the way that they might have wanted to, but I still mm-hmm. think it's, like, so... There's just so much going on, and there's so much that you could... I, I feel like you could talk about the Owl Cave for days, but you would have to get into, like, all the symbols and everything, and I think we're yeah. coming up on that in future episodes, like, with the map and... Yeah. And that's one thing I will tell you. I didn't write... I didn't make a lot of notes because it's my first time around, obviously. That so you are going to have to help me a little bit more with the map and things. So oh, I'll try. Fair, fair warning, okay. <laughs> um, so the crew. Oh, next episode. Um, the crew's trying to make sense of the drawing from the cave. So um, Earl is then talking about the Black Lodge having power, but it's dangerous, and of course he's going to find it because he wants to. He wants to get in there, and he wants all of that power. Um, now, this was creepy to me. So Shelley recites part of that poem that Earl sent the three girls, and then Cooper immediately knows mm-hmm. what's up because it's the poem that he had said to Caroline. Yeah. And I was like, oh, gosh. Creepy, creepy, creepy. Um, it's really effective because, like, you know that Wyndham – He's after, like, he is obviously after what whatever is in the Black Lodge. He wants, like, this yeah. crazy evil power. He wants to tap into it. But it really is also just a game against Cooper. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, yeah. yeah, the whole thing is a chess game that he's trying to have with with Cooper, which is, I don't, I don't do caves and I don't do chess. So those were two <laughs> things where I was like, I'm just taking the... The show for its word on both of these things. Okay, That's so funny. <laughs> so like Tyler and I play so much chess. So we were trying to figure out like what Wyndham, like what his moves were, and we were oh. very intently listening along when Pete was talking about the certain games that you can play, like taking the least amount of pieces. Because when Tyler yeah. and I play, it's like all out war. Like we just we just go for it. Like usually our board winds up with like nothing left on it. So, wow. Yeah. Okay. I am really good at checkers, but that's where the line is drawn for (laughs) me. Once upon a time, I did try to learn chess and I was like, wow, I am not smart enough for this. That that was at that point in time in my life. I might, maybe I should pick it up again. But at that time I was like, no knights, bishops. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. I mean, there's I definitely a lot to learn. It's not, it's not easy. I mean, I'm not, I'm still not very good at it. There's no way I could ever be in a competition or anything like that, but it's kind of just a fun, it's, you know what we've been doing because Tyler is working from home now. So we just have the chessboard out and we have a little like playing chip that will move back and forth to indicate whose turn it is. But we've just been playing like these long games. So whenever he comes up to like make a cup of coffee or something, he'll move a piece and then you know, put the chip oh, on nice. my side of the board so I know it's my turn. And then whenever I have a chance, I'll get to moving another piece. And I mean, it's just been like Very a nice, nice way to kind of pass the time, you know? I like it. That's amazing. Yeah, it's a, it's a little cute thing we do. We can be cute sometimes. <laughs> Y'all are precious. I guess maybe <laughs> I could, I might get a long game of checkers in. I don't sure, know. Sure, we'll yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, so I have that Briggs, uh, well, Major Briggs, obviously, the key knows the drawing, and then he also talks about Earl and Project Blue Book, okay? Yeah. Which is, uh, again, some of this stuff I was like, all right, 
going a little over my head, but I believe that Project Blue Book is about the Black Lodge and it is about these weird phenomenons that are happening. Is that right? Yeah, I think that it's it's kind of it, it encapsulates a whole bunch of sort of supernatural phenomenon, unexplained kind of stuff. It's interesting because so you and the crew at Strangefall, you kind of remind me of there's this task force. I don't know if they've mentioned it in the show yet, but it will come out very quickly. Uh, it's called the Blue Rose Task Force. And essentially they just investigate what I was just talking about, supernatural, unexplained, weird stuff. And like Gordon Cole, um, um, Coop, and why am I blanking on his name? Arthur? No. Arthur Arnold? Arthur. Arthur? I don't know if it's Arthur. That doesn't sound right. Um, no. Oh. Oh. I don't know. Wait. I thought it was Arthur. Oh my God. I can't believe I'm blanking on his name. But then also Major Major Briggs, Wyndham Earl at one point. Oh my God. I have to look it up now. But anyways, they're yeah. all sort of at at certain points they've all been on that task force. And Project um, Blue Book is like one of the things. Like gotcha. one of the well, cases. That- yeah. So you guys on Strangeful, I always think about like, oh, the little Blue Rose task force over at Strangeful. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Well, I'll take that as an honor <laughs> right there. Um, so then I just wrote some notes in here about Gordon again, like having the all the pie with Shelly and kissing her in yeah. front of Bobby and Bobby being like, what the hell is going on here? And he's like, hey, Sonny, watch me kiss this beautiful <laughs> lady again. I love Gordon so much. Uh, Take a look, because you're about to see it again. Yeah, you're about to see it again. I love it. Okay, Mel's. it's Albert. Albert! How could could we forget? (laughs) You know what? I was ready to go and die on my Arthur Hill. Like, I really was. I was like, she's going to look this up, and she's going to see Arthur, and then I'm going to be the... She's going to feel so silly. No, I was like, and then I'm going to be the victor. No, we're wrong. (laughs) We were both wrong. (laughs) Okay, Albert. <laughs> oh, Albert, I'm so sorry we forgot you. Well, I mean, I'm I'm ashamed, Albert. I'm sorry. I know. So, and then I just put that Donna's going to enter the pageant as well, because why the hell not, mm-hmm. right? Like, yep. just get everybody into the Twin Peaks pageant. Might as well. And on that note, on the next episode, Lucy joins the pageant also pregnant. Okay, <laughs> listen. When she pulled out, and I, I don't... The episodes, I'm not sure which one, but was she actually pulled out the tap dance pregnant? Or I don't know if it was a really a tap dance, but her whole dance, I was mm-hmm. in the split. I was yeah. like, Lucy, you're pregnant. <laughs> Quit with the splits. We but get it. Okay. I, mean, I don't know. She's like four days pregnant or something. It's not like it's been that long on the show either. I guess that is true. I mean, I mean she's maybe not it's showing. like three months or something. I don't know. <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious. I was like, oh, you're going to split yeah. that baby right yeah. out of there, Lucy. <laughs> Quit. Oh, my gosh. Um, Now, this stuff I really liked because Briggs was like, well, Earl, yeah, I mean, he's pretty crazy and obsessive, but he's also, like, super smart, which we got that because mm-hmm. he's playing a super elaborate game here. Yeah. Um, The Black Lodge comes up again, and then Cooper, like, warns the girls. Um. Poor Leo. Also, I did not mention that uh, Wyndham has got Leo. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> He's got him. That's just, I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh, but just <laughs> poor Leo. I mean, I'm not supposed to feel pity for this man, but no, I do. Like he's got a shot call. Yeah. But the pity I feel is that, oh, is what Wyndham is doing to him where I'm just like, well, this is your comeuppance right here, right? Oh, like this is what sure. you get. That's karma. Um, But the shot collar and then he like ends up shocking himself. And then at the very end with the spiders over his head, I was like, you're not going to get out of this. Okay, Leo. Just I know. Like- I know. <laughs> You know what? It couldn't have happened to a to a better guy, honestly. Oh, that's <laughs> true. I, the best candidate for that was was Leo. Yeah, I know. I've always kind of liked that, like that they just because I don't. I, I do think they kind of play it where you're supposed to sort of feel a little bit for Leo, but then it kind of trips you up, and you're like, "Wait, no, this is perfect. Exactly. This is, this exactly. is who should be uh, be like suffering like this." Yeah. See, this is what happens when you don't finish your home and when you try to kill your wife. Okay, take note. There you go. (laughs) And you kill poor innocent birds. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah. Like this Waldo, justice for Waldo. We're getting it right here. (laughs) Now, Ben wants Audrey to enter the contest, but she's got other things on her mind, like getting it on with Jack. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's just hilarious that Pete is the one that drives her to the airport. That is so funny. It's always been one of my favorite <laughs> moments. The fact that Pete just sort of waits there in his truck. But also that like, when he sees them reunite, he's legitimately moved to tears for the romance yeah. of it all. It's so sweet. Yeah, and I love, like, another person, I don't know if I'm supposed to love him, but I can't help but love Pete. Oh, yeah, I think like, Pete's great. Just from the beginning with the fish and the percolator yes. all the way up to, <laughs> I mean, his facial expressions during the weddings and, I mean, you know, all of that. I just, I love Pete. Um, but then I made a note here about all the shaking hands. Yeah. Which is uh, weird. I, I didn't get it. And I don't really know if I fully get it still. But, um, well, either Twin Peaks is a very overly caffeinated town yeah. <laughs> uh, or I just sort of have always chalked it up to things were starting to get more and more amped up with the Black Lodge stuff. And this was just uh. the way that that energy was sort of permeating throughout the mm. town. That's what I was going to say. It's the energy. Right. Okay. Because well, we've that, seen it that in other sense. ways before, too. Like when Maddie was being murdered and everyone just cried. Oh, gosh. You know, yeah, like they didn't true. even know what was happening, but d- just this overwhelming sense came over them. And so I kind of feel like it's just the same thing. It's just another way to add the layer of this is a town where, like the Bookhouse boys say, there's there's something out there in those woods. There's evil out there in mm-hmm. the woods or or whatever it might be. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, that that makes me feel better because I thought, OK, why is everybody's hand shaking? But. The energy from the Black Lodge, well, that makes mm-hmm. perfect sense. So, um, again, this is why I'm glad I'm talking to you about this, because otherwise I would be like, you know, these people's hands were shaking and I never <laughs> understood why. You know, now that I think about it more, I wonder if it did have, like, any sort of direct correlation between all of them sort of fussing around in Owl Cave and moving stuff and and causing that sort of disturbance. I wonder if that sort yeah. of kicked off something. True. I mean, very well could have, that's mm. for sure. 
Yeah. Now, this part right here is ridiculous. All right. Okay. I've got this <laughs> underlined about Wait, 20 just times. just this part? <laughs> well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. That was good. I'm sorry. Now I've got, I got to get this chuckle all the way out. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what is ridiculous about it is that it is so ridiculous. The horse. All right, listen. <laughs> the horse. Wait, what am I forgetting? <sighs> that Major Briggs runs up on a horse. And he's like, oh, horse. But it's Wyndham in a horse costume. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, listen, you can tell that's not a real horse, right? Oh, 100%. <laughs> I rewound that so many times just crying laughing because Major Briggs was just like, oh, what a nice little horsey. And then, and then Wyndham jumps out and he's like, ta-ta, no, oh it's me. God. I and I'm going to kidnap you. I'm just, I'm telling you, like, I got oh tears gosh, in my eyes right so now. Good. Yeah, same here. I, I don't know oh. how I forgot about that, honestly. Goodness. <laughs> I, I had to pause it immediately. I was like, I got to write down all about this horse, okay? Because this is com- comedic gold <sighs> for me. Yeah, that is good stuff. Now, back to this box from Eckerd. Um... It's a little tricky, and and Andrew's like, you know, whatever on this. So he, like, shoots it, and it explodes, and all this stuff happens. But they find a key, which looks like a safe deposit key, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then Annie, she enters the contest, but the giant warns Cooper about it, which I love. I just love it when Cooper gets those little, like, yeah. visions. Uh, and then Earl finds out where the location to the Black Lodge is at. Um, and, uh, so much happened after that that I can't for the life of me right now remember how he, I guess he just figured out, oh, well, he figured it out from the bonsai plant being bugged. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, he played them like a fiddle. All of the information that they were gathering, they were just doing the work for him, essentially. Right, right. Except, well, yeah, exactly. And then oh, they and find then, out. And then that must be the time when he, like, because he captures Major Briggs and he questions him. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's given the oh, that's same, it. he's given the same drug that Mike or like the one-armed, the one-armed man, man was taking. And then he says the thing about Jupiter and Saturn and yeah. That's it. That's it. Yep, you're right. So my notes were not very good on that. I just wrote... <laughs> Well, you but were that's too focused why. on the horse, and I think that that is 100% okay. <laughs> Listen, that's I, the I'm not going to lie. That was where my mind was at, was all this horse. So, um, You're just like, and that's where Twin Peaks ended, and it was beautiful. What a, what a, <laughs> what a season finale. Wow, what an end. Oh, there's two more? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so next episode, Leo frees Briggs. Uh, Cooper realizes, and he makes the connection that Bob is for the Black Lodge, and that Bob is attracted to fear. And I wrote in here that it's kind of like an outsider, right? Or right. kind of the outsider was attracted to grief, but pretty much the same vein, I would mm-hmm. think. Yeah, very similar. Um, and then Annie and Cooper get down and dirty, which I put that I did. I did love that, that Cooper finally felt, I guess, comfortable enough to Try to move on from Caroline. Yeah, for sure. And like, cause I always think back to when he's laying on the hotel room floor and he's got the gunshot and he's talking to Diane and saying, 
you know, I, I regret never finding the person that I loved and settling down and having the family Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Like that's always been like for Cooper, that's such an important part of life is finding somebody to spend it with. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to get a little misty eyed thinking about it. I know. And it's like retroactively even more sad, like when you get to the end of the, (laughs) or at the end of the season, at least. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, now we have the pageant, of course, and uh, Earl kidnaps Annie after she wins Miss Twin Peaks, which she had a really nice like speech and like everything. Uh, that was great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I put Andy solved the, the puzzle. So way to go, Andy and your sperms. I know. I feel so bad when he's like, Agent Cooper, Agent Cooper. Oh. And he, not now, Andy. And I hate that I Coop know. was like that. Like, I know he was trying to focus, but it's the first time that Cooper ever dismisses somebody. Like, he's always very yeah. open and I don't know. It's just, yeah. yeah. It's an unfortunate moment. I agree moment. with that. I agree. I know. I was like, oh, Andy. and But, you know, he was so still, like, calm about it. Now, if that was me, I would have been like, excuse me. Oh, either I you know. want this information or yeah. I'm out the door. But Andy's just like, oh, okay. All right. Andy's too I'll wait. sweet. I know. Because I would have been like, listen the fuck up. I have the answer, you dum-dum. But, yeah. I know. Oh, Don't my God. tell me to wait. So this episode, last time I watched these episodes, I wasn't as into astrology as I am now. And so when they started talking about like the Jupiter and Saturn conjunction, and then, I mean, I don't know if you noticed, but Cooper was like, well, according to the ephemeris, and when he said the word ephemeris, I just about lost my mind because like an ephemeris is just basically a, a, a book that has all of the information about where every planet is, like the degrees that they're at, the signs that they're in for like, you can get them for like a hundred years at a time. And it just has all of that yeah. information already mapped out. But it was just so cool to even just hear him say those words. Like I paused and I just like melted off my couch. I was like, oh, I did wow. not know that fucking Agent Cooper could get any sexier, but here we go. He's using words like Jupiter and Saturn and ephemeris, and I'm done. I'm good. I can die happy. <laughs> I love it. That's amazing. It was so I, fun. I like that. I like that you got into something, you know, after you watched it, and then when you did your rewatch, that just made you, like, appreciate and love it, like, even more. Oh, after. yeah. Such a bonus. Yes, 100%. I loved it. Yeah. Well, so cool. Well, and so I did, I had to look it up because I was like, I wonder if there actually was, because they're talking about how when Jupiter and Saturn meet, the door to the Black Lodge is going to open, right? So it's interesting. And I think we have to file it under like stuff to talk about when we get back to the whole like alternate timeline idea. But Mm -hmm. the, there was not a Jupiter-Saturn conjunction in 1989. It had actually happened in 81. And then again oh. in 2000, and we're about to have one actually at the end of this year. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Really? And I wondered why. And I wondered, like, David Lynch and Mark Frost went to the effort of creating this whole mythology around the Black Lodge and figuring out, you know, because Coop, the way he describes a Jupiter and Saturn conjunction is pretty on point. There's stuff that he's missing, but it's it's on the right track for sure. So they obviously did some research and they obviously knew a little bit about what they were, you know, presenting there. So I just wonder why they went with that one 
and yeah. didn't didn't line it up with the actual years, like in our actual huh. universe. It's just interesting. So I just wanted to like mention it and have it be something yeah. that we, you know, it just goes in that file of things that we're going to talk about later. Nice. I love it. Yeah. I've got a got a pretty hefty file of things yeah. to talk about later. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's get into the finale. Okay. Yes. Um wow, there's a lot going on here. I'm probably going to leave a few things out because I feel like I want to talk about just the main things that happen with the Black Lodge. So Sure. Earl Earl takes Annie to the Black Lodge and sort of I guess the Black Lodge like, kind of Puts her into a trance or Earl is able to do that somehow. It's. Yeah, it's like some combination of the words that he says to her and then being, I think, in the circle of the sycamore trees. Mm -hmm, Exactly. Okay. Um, Now, the log lady brings the old Cooper um, and he's going to need that to get into the uh, into the Black Lodge, I guess. So which is. Cool, because the oil is what Leland smelled like when he was killing Jacques Renault, yeah. right? Yeah. Because Dr. Jacoby was like, it smelled like exactly. scorched engine oil. And I just think it's hilarious that the log lady's got scorched engine oil just like, because it was her husband's, right? Yes. But she's just got it like hanging around. And I yeah. was like, oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, like clearly her husband was into something maybe to do with all of this, but... Who knows? Yes, yes. That's what I, well, I started to think. I was like, hmm, I need to know more about, like, I know the story that we have been told about her husband, but I was like, hmm, I need to know more about this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, this is really quickly, um, Nadine got her memory back, which was really sad for Mike, and it's sad for (sighs) Norma and Ed. Sad for everybody, I know. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, no, no. And that's because she got knocked out. Obviously, when Wyndham caused a Carrie-like scene at the yeah. Miss Twin Peaks pageant. Yeah. So, um, Bobby proposes to Shelly, and Ben is Donna's dad, and he gets his ass beat by Dr. Hayward. Yep. Uh, An Andrew unlikely Pete, battle, but... Uh, oh, yeah, I know, right? Um, Andrew and Pete are blown to smithereens when they realize there's a bomb in that safe deposit box. Um, at least that's mm-hmm. my... That's what I gather from that because money was just flying through the air. <laughs> well, yeah, and th- those glasses go flying onto the tree. It's pretty yeah, damning. They do. <laughs> I was like, no. All yeah, right. and Audrey so, was there. I know. That's I have a question at the end that says, "What happened to Audrey?" Because I'm okay. going to be so upset that she is caught up in because she tied herself to that bank vault for the uh, weasels or whatever she's trying to do here. I know, but I feel like, you know how a couple episodes ago she went to the library to look for books about civil disobedience? I feel like there was a chapter missing about how if you chain yourself to something, but you still allow people to go about their business, you're not really quite doing it right. Like, she just lets Pete and Andrew into the safe, and it's like, mm, yeah. but you have to disrupt. <laughs> yeah, like, you can't, they, they, like, they're, okay, you you can handcuff or tie yourself to that, but you've got to disrupt business. It can't sure. be business as usual. <laughs> no, she was just like a fancy door opener. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so let's get into the Black Lodge stuff, because this is where I'm like, a lot of things happen. So, the Black Lodge is like the Red Room. 
Yeah. Pretty much. Like, there's... So, like, like the, the... Oh, my God. I think he's called the man from another place. He's the man in the red suit. He's always there when Coop... He was in Coop's dreams. Uh-huh. He says this is the waiting room. And that's where Coop right. gets his, like, weird cup of coffee. So, to me, I think that this... This is the waiting room for, let's say, both the white and the black lodge. At least that's what I think. But I think it can be interpreted in a couple of different ways. But definitely the red room, the waiting room, and the black lodge are all kind of intermingled in that way. Gotcha. Okay, okay. I like it. All right. So lots of weird shit happens um, because Cooper goes in alone, right? Then Harry waits outside for Cooper for, like, I felt like it was, like, days but probably wasn't days um yeah I think I mean I know he at least says it's been 10 hours when Andy starts yeah. asking him if you want you want the plate special do you want dessert yeah do you want pie yeah. you know that plate special sounded really good to me I was I like mean, "Ooh, I'll take fair. one yeah yeah good cup of coffee nice piece of pie <laughs> mm, yummy now we see familiar faces in the black lodge so like and I'm not going in any particular order here because I was just trying to jot down like as much as I could from memory from watching it. But like we saw, uh, well, we saw Laura again. Then we saw a demon Laura. Um, mm-hmm. We saw Maddie. We saw Leland. We saw Bob. Mm-hmm. And then we saw Wyndham, Caroline. I'm just going through Annie. Um. Yeah. Now, this is what I wrote down here. So, first of all, Laura's like, I'll see you in 25 years. And I wrote chills because, oh, we do see him again <laughs> in 25 years. Yeah. I, now, I like this because Cooper is offering his soul to keep Annie safe. But Bob shows up. <laughs> to Bob. Bob shows up and he's like, you can't do that. And he kills Earl and takes him instead as a soul. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, yeah, because Wyndham was trying to like, he was trying to be, how can I put this? He does not have any authority in the Black Lodge, and yet he was trying to make deals there. But really, I mean, this is like Bob's domain. Like, he kind of makes, well, I mean, him and you'll see more of that eventually. But like, Wyndham doesn't have any place to offer that. Got you. So that's why Bob says you don't have. Yeah, you you're not able to he make can't these offer types of you decisions. that. I'll take his soul instead, or whatever. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, um, then we we get the Cooper goes through the curtains and he's bleeding, and then Carol he's with Caroline, and then Caroline is Anna. Oh God, mm-hmm. that whole thing. Yeah. So that yeah we know that happened. It was just a bunch of sequences. That were weird. And then we saw like a, a, I'm calling it the um, opposite, uh, the dark twin of Cooper, right? Because he had the weird eyes. They were like blue yeah. grayed out. So in in this show, they, they I mean, there's a couple of different things that are going to come up, but that specifically is doppelganger. Okay, so that, and I know what doppelganger is, so they're calling that a doppelganger, though. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so cool. even that's the one that you saw, like the Laura that was screaming and had the weird eyes, too, that's she Laura's was a doppelganger. doppelganger. Yeah. 
Gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, Leland's doppelganger too, because his yes. eyes were like that. Yes. Yeah. All right. Um. So then they wake up outside, and Annie is bloody, and then Cooper needs to brush his teeth. <laughs> <laughs> But Bob is in the mirror, so it's like, did Bob get into Cooper's body? And then we've got, like, how's Annie? How's Annie? How's Annie? How's Annie? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I, like, I had to to take a break from that. I was like, you're freaking me out. My favorite was when I texted you because I was, like, waiting for you to finish that last episode because I just wanted to ask, how's Annie? And you were like, oh, I don't know. She's off. Like, I don't know how to feel. And I was like, no. (laughs) How's Annie? No. Yeah. (laughs) Well, then I got to it and I was like, oh, okay, I get it. All right. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. <laughs> so silly. All right. This is the question I wanted to ask you. Mm-hmm. It, it has to do with toothbrushes. Okay. This is so stupid. This is so stupid. But it, this is a, my mind went to this immediately because that's just oh, how my mind wait. works. Do you wet your toothbrush before or <laughs> after you put on toothpaste? <laughs> Um, usually before, but sometimes both. Wow. Cause I'm a strict, the toothbrush has to be wet before toothpaste goes onto the toothbrush. And the reason I ask that is because Cooper put the toothpaste on before wetting it. Yeah. No, always before, but sometimes both. Like if I feel like I did the initial one a little too quick and it's not quite wet oh. enough, I'll just do a little okay. bit of an extra douse, you know? But I oh see. yeah, no, toothpaste is not going on a dry toothbrush. That's ridiculous. Oh, I don't know what it is about that, <laughs> but it makes me like heave. I'm like, oh, no, that's not how that goes. But no. then I started to realize that there are people that, and I'm married to one, that actually puts the toothpaste on before they wet the toothbrush. And I was like, I have known huh. you for almost 20 years. How did I not ever recognize that you do your toothpaste wrong? And he just looked at me and was like, I don't think there is a quote unquote wrong way to do toothpaste. Okay. Well, he's wrong again. <laughs> um, now I'm going to have to watch Tyler. Cause I don't know. I don't think I've ever paid attention. Now I'd be checking everybody I come in contact with when Absolutely. we can come back in contact with yeah. people. I'm going to be like, excuse me, have you brushed your teeth today? Can I watch you? They're going to be like, wow, quarantine oh really did this. We should put a poll out. That'd be funny. I want it. Let's do the poll because yeah. I need to know. I need to know. Oh my goodness. I'm so glad that that was your question because I was like, man, if, if Mel's has like a super interesting theory about toothbrushes and Black Lodge and Bob, like, I don't know if I'm equipped to answer it. <laughs> no, it was literally the stupidest question ever. <laughs> I loved it. But that's all I have for my notes. I mean, obviously, Well, so how I, are you feeling? I mean, there's you're right. Like, so much happened in that final episode. And, yeah. I mean, I cannot imagine being the, the people watching it back in 91 and then cancellation. I mean, yeah, how do you see Coop suck. in this state? And then you may never, ever, ever see anything again. Yeah, no, seriously, I I was thinking to myself, this is the hardest way to have to end, you know, because like you said, the cancellation came and it's like, wow, for the people that were the diehard fans of it, I cannot imagine. And there have been a couple of series that have come and gone where the finale of the show has left a lot to your own interpretation. But I was like, no, this seems different to me because... You don't want to see Bob in Cooper's body, you know, like that's not how you want to see it end. 
Yeah, it is kind of a a, a gut punch for sure when you see Ooh, Bob smiling yeah. back at him. Yeah. Ugh. And then he like busted his head in the mirror and everything. And I was like, no, not my precious Cooper's face. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah. <sighs> well, I'm very excited to watch the movie because now y'all are fixing to hear why I'm pissed. I never found out who Diane is. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I know that we're going to get it, but I was livid. All right. I was just like, the one thing I've been saying since episode one is who the fuck is Diane? Yeah. I mean, I don't <laughs> think you're alone. And I and I think that that was probably another thing for people who were in sort of, let's call them like the original fandom, who probably wondered like, who the fuck and where the fuck is Diane? But what I will tell you is that you're not, you're not going to get anything, anything um, super satisfying until a little bit into season three. But you will get something a little more concrete. I believe it's in the missing pieces. I think it's a cut scene Mm. from uh, Fire Walk With Me. But you will at least know more. (laughs) Okay. And you know what? I'm fine with that. I'm good with that. Yeah. I think it's going to be so worth your wait. I, I have no idea... Your feelings on a certain thing that I cannot say, that I cannot wait to say. Uh, But for me, when I, and I mean, I'm not even a part of the people that watched this show back in the 90s. Like, this is, you know, within the last five, six years, a new thing for me. But when I got more answers on Diane, it was like, it was just a huge, uh, it was the best for me. So. Oh, I love it. Knowing what we know about how similar you and I are, I mean, right down to toothbrush and toothpaste styles. I think you're going to enjoy it. <laughs> I know I will. I'm very excited. Um, and yeah, like, I'm just glad that I am able to pick up season three in a couple of weeks and I, that I will find out because I, again, that's another thing. Like I said, I can't imagine, can't imagine leaving Cooper the way that he was. And I can't imagine if people wanted to know who Diane was this ending and it being like, what the hell? Yeah. You know? Well, I do want to prepare you for the fact that season three does not necessarily end on a nice little neat bow. It's not. That's okay. It's not rainbows and roses and puppies and unicorns. But I think what's different is that David Lynch and Mark Frost knew how many episodes they were getting. They knew the story that they wanted to tell. And so in that way, it still really does feel complete. And if they ever oh, do come back for a season four, it I do see how, how should I put this? I can see it never coming back again. I would love for it to come back, but I'm also in a place where I feel very content. Uh-huh. Um, but if they did come back for another season, it makes perfect sense that it would be a new chapter, a new thing, a, a new gotcha. season, essentially. But like it could... Yeah. It, could, it is something that we could wait another 25 years for. Unfortunately, that won't happen because I don't think David Lynch and Mark Frost will be around. But, right, right. But you, but you see what I'm saying? Like, I think that much time removed would be less less difficult than leaving it with How's Annie. Right. It, it, yes, How's Annie. Mm-hmm. How's Annie? Yeah. Oh. Well, so, I mean, do you have any 
theories on what might happen in season three because the films are really like you know that they're a prequel so it's stuff right it's essentially like the week leading up to laura palmer's death so it's more a story about laura palmer but it is gonna fill in some of the supernatural sort of gaps as well um good but it's not like it's not gonna tell you anything about the end of of this particular story, right? Because it's a prequel, so inherently it can. Yeah. But um but yeah, so I just wonder if you have any or or if you have any hopes or wishes for season 3 or any ideas mm-hmm. where it might go or anything like that. Well, I know it's going to be 25 years obviously between season 2 and 3. So my number one hope is that we get to see a majority, if not all, of the characters back. Um, I really want to see that. I have the theories, and to be honest, in the second half, I didn't pick up as much of the alternative timeline type stuff as I did in the first half, but I think I was also focused on other things in the second half and not so much probably trying to pick into the the alternate universe mm-hmm. or the alternate right you know timeline um if i had an opportunity to and i do have the opportunity and i probably will to watch it again do another watch through then i might be able to pick more things out but the main things are just some of the scenes they just seem like they're uh they've already happened but they're happening happening differently and so I'm excited to see in season three if that is actually something that comes up and is true or if I was just way out of the park on that one which could be very could be very likely because I I think I've mentioned this before that I'm always looking for alternate timelines and universes and in shows (laughs) like the Westworld effect Exactly, and the Castle Rock effect. Yeah. Mm, yes. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I. You know, I. I honestly just don't know what to expect, and I kind of like that because yeah. I like I like that feeling of ooh, what is it going to look like when it's supposed to be twenty five years past? You know, mm-hmm. like where I'm really curious to see how it's going to open because like I said I don't it, I don't actually remember a lot about it and just good that's a good thing so I'm curious to see how it's going to actually open like is it going to open with how it ended or is it going to be a different way that it opens up you know I don't I don't know I don't, I really don't I know the one scene I remembered was him saying what year is it Diane like you but that's all that I remember. And so I don't know how that correlates, if that makes mm. sense. Yeah. Because I know that he was in the Black Lodge for a while, but it didn't seem like a while because we just talked about how Harry said it had only been like 10 hours. So I don't know if there's some sort of weird time can loop or continuation or something that goes on, which it seems like it should be like that when you enter into another realm. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I feel so. You we'll on that. see. We'll see. Yeah. I'm excited. Well, one thing I can tell you for sure is that Coop is going to look better than he did in episode three when they put that aging <laughs> makeup on him. They really and did I'm not excited. give Kyle McLaughlin any credit for how that man was going to age. <laughs> 
He is aged so gracefully, so I'm very excited to see that. Yeah, yeah. It has been really fun, though, to watch these episodes and see just, like, what a baby face he had at that point. And it's not like he's that young when he's doing the show. I mean, I think he's playing pretty close to age, like, in his 30s or whatever. But, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm so excited. Oh, my gosh. I just, I, uh, I'm just so excited. I don't know how else to put it. Yeah, exactly. I'm just... It's, it's honestly a dream come true that you love the show so much and that this <laughs> podcast can finally be a show that talks about Twin Peaks. I've wanted to do it for so it. long, but I couldn't find anybody that was even remotely interested in going on that journey with me. So oh, I can't well, wait. Well, I'm to, so glad. Yeah, I'm so glad that we have so much more ahead of us, but... I'm so, glad so that you next, talked me up to it. Yes, I really of am. course. No, I'm, I, it was like, it was nerve-wracking because... I think I've said this before, like we'd obviously still be friends, whatever, but it was nerve wracking for me to tell you about it and for me to see your response because it's such a, it's such an important show for me that I get like really nervous to share it with people because I don't know, I don't want to hear you shit talk it. (laughs) (laughs) When you know what, if there was something I didn't like, I would be respectful enough to not shit talk it to you because I know how important it is. Well, but I want your honest opinion though. I feel like I'm still I'm still nervous about season three because it's it's different and it's like it's wacky, but it's wacky in a different way than this was. So but I, we'll I'm see. loving wacky. I love yeah. wacky. Yeah. And honestly, I would I would tell you my honest opinion, but I would be very tactful about it. Let's put it that way. <laughs> OK. Yes, fair enough. Fair enough. All right, so next week we'll talk about Fire Walk With Me and The Missing Pieces and as well as the Westworld finale. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Damn Fine TV Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. You can find me on Twitter at melsbells 84 And you can find me on Instagram at the.written.witch. See you next time. See ya. Damn fine. TV. I don't think that you can get too much Twin Peaks.